Welcome to Curse or Coincidence, where each week we dive into famous curses from sports, movie, and history to separate fact from fiction, mystery from history, and ask, is it a curse? Or is it just a coincidence? I'm Nathan, and with me, as always, is the beautiful believer, Amy. How are you, my darling? Hello. How are you? Good. That's good. How's your week been? Busy. Nothing to report. Nothing really interesting to say. I realize I'm speaking in a very high octave and I don't know why. Oh, what that's all about. I can't stop doing it now. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, as you said, it's just it's just busy. But uh, we bring you yet another episode of uh, Curse of Coincidence. We're committed. We are. I, you know, it feels like we're in a bit of a rhythm now. Yeah. yeah we're just kind of getting through it and we've got a process and <laughs> we've got a TikTok. We've got an Instagram. We're podcasters, babe. Oh, uh, well, you know. We were trying. A process is a very generous word for what we do, but sure. Hashtag better every day. <laughs> uh, so as always, we'll, we'll be delving into a tale of a curse from either sports, entertainment or history. We'll weigh the facts and the fiction and decide once and for all if it is a curse or just a coincidence. And Amy, as our judge of all things curses and her decisions are final. Yeah, no arguments. <laughs> so for today's episode... Uh, we're going to be talking about a curse that I can really, really relate to. Ooh. So, Amy, as you know, I am a man who <laughs> loves a good sleep-in. Oh, yeah. It's the bane of my existence. How would you, for our listeners, how would you describe my demeanor when I get woken up in the morning? You're a quanky boy. I am a quanky, <laughs> quanky boy. Yeah. Storming around, yeah. scowl on my face. You're a huffer, you're a puffer, you're a slammer, you're a stomper. I am all of the, all of the above. But I think it's safe to say that the subject of our podcast today hates being disturbed even more than I do. Oh. Mm. Today we're going to talk about the curse of Otzi. Or Otzi. <laughs> so the whole episode is about this and you're not quite sure how to pronounce it? Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. It's also referred to as the curse of the Iceman. Okay. Have you heard of this curse before? Not even one time. Okay. So let me tell you the story of, I believe it's pronounced Otzi. Okay. It's got the, it's, it's, a, it's an O with the little umlauts over the top. So oh. there's going to be a lot of Austrian slash German names and locations. So, and some Italian names and locations <laughs> as well. So uh, there might be, uh, there, there might be some mispronunciation, uh, in my near future. So, but I will do, I'll do my absolute best. Go with it. So we're going to say Otzi. Okay. Just for the purposes right. of, of this. I, I, pro we... I probably should have watched at least a video <laughs> where his name is pronounced to, to understand it. I don't know if it. you're aware, but there's this really cool thing that they have now called YouTube. It is called YouTube. I've yes. heard of it. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, so he's also called the Iceman and he is the natural mummy of a man who lived sometime between 3350 and 3105 BC. Is this the thing that they pulled out of that peat bog in like Europe somewhere? So he was... That thing, sorry. The man. The man. <laughs> yeah. That thing. Um, it, it may be. I'll keep telling the story and okay. you tell me if, you, if this is what you're thinking of. So he was discovered in September 1991 in the Otstel Alps on the border between Austria and Italy. Okay. And this is how he received his name of Otzi. Yeah. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so we're going back to 1991 for today's curse. He's a natural mummy of a man, so he was he was naturally mummified by the elements. Okay. 
being cold, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Out notoriously cold. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that they can get a little bit chilly. <laughs> Bring a coat. Yes. Odyssey should have brought a coat. I think he did. I think it was made of like leather or something. Yeah. Uh, he is Europe's oldest known natural human mummy. And the well-preserved state of his remains, along with the artifacts that were found with him, have provided a wealth of information about life in the Copper Age. Okay. So it's historically significant. A little bit like the, you know, we talked about the Hope Diamond, mm. how it's kind of, it has Culturally like cultural and, and, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, geologically it and was very significant. Yes, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, so his body and belongings are currently displayed in the South Tyrol Museum of Archaeology in Bolzano, Italy. Okay. So you can go and see him if you want to. No, thanks. <laughs> if um, there's a curse attached, no, thank you. Well, some believe that disturbing the final resting place of Otzi released a horrible curse. What? Sorry, you might be about to go into mm. this and I might be disturbing your process. My flu. Your flu. Who is he? Like, uh, like w- of what people does he hail it's it's not exactly known okay uh but there is belief that he was a goat farmer okay yeah so Um, like a i don't know if this is the word like a peasant working type of person in 350 bc did you say between 3350 and 3105 bc 3350 bc three so three thousand years before the birth of our lord and savior (laughs) Harry Styles. <laughs> so 5,000 years ago. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is a 5,000 year time. old. It is. It's a 5,000 year old naturally preserved mummy. So he had been under the ice for over 5,000 years when he was, when he was discovered. And um, as I was saying, uh, a lot of people believe that disturbing this resting place of Otzi has released a curse. But so I think what I, where I was going with that is that belief part of the like was there a belief of his time of his like cultural time that we're not going to delve into that too much we're mostly just going to talk about what the curse was and and some of the um some of the victims of the curse okay but we will maybe touch on it a little bit. Okay. And okay. this is what you call getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> uh, so this belief in this curse, it's backed up by the fact that in the years preceding the extraction of his corpse, seven people who were involved in his discovery, recovery, and examination have died under mysterious circumstances. Mm. Don't disturb the dead is yeah. the lesson for today. Yeah. I think that's... Uh... We come across that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Leave the stone in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, all Leave of Leave the things. door shut. Yep. Don't dig anything up. Don't remove anything from its final resting place. These yeah. are just good rules to follow in general. Good anti-curse survival tips. It's kind of like people who, and this isn't enough for a whole podcast, but it's a very interesting side note that's related to what we talk about. Did you know, I, you know this because I've told you, that Alice Springs Post Office is one of the busiest post offices in the country. Mm. And we know why. You know why. I know why. And if you don't know why, I'm going to share with it right now. Uh, the reason being is that there is obviously uh, significant cultural um, importance to Uluru mm. and all the land surrounding Uluru. 
I actually can't remember the name of the, tra- the traditional owners, uh, but there is very strong warnings from the local traditional owners not to remove any dirt, rocks, or anything from Uluru. But stupid tourists well, will what be you- stupid tourists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And do so and find themselves uh, experiencing all kinds of bad luck and misfortune. So people often mail back the uh, things that they have taken mm. and ask for them to be put back because it's the only way to uh, remove the curse. Not the curse. It is a cultural belief, so I'm not going to call it a curse. But, yeah, really interesting yeah. little tidbit. During our trip to Hawaii, we found that there was volcanic rock yes. on uh, uh, Honolulu, o- Oahu, that sort of ha- has a similar thing. Similar thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the guys, that the local guides there, was telling us that people will remove them and then often... Uh, send them back and beg for them to be placed back because it seems to bring all kinds of misfortune on them. So there was a saying when I used to go bushwalking as a kid, which was take nothing but photos and leave nothing but footprints. Mm. If you don't want to be cursed, yeah. that's a good rule. Good life rule. Good life rule. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just the other one, I mean, you could distill that down to a really simple thing, which is leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah don't, don't touch it. If it don't belong to you, look with your eyes, not with your hands. That's right, exactly. So... Otzi was found on the 19th of September, 1991. uh, And he was found by two German tourists named Helmut and Erika Simon, uh, who encountered the mummy during a hiking holiday. So they were hiking through the the region at the time. And they assumed, given the altitude and given the location of where they had found this man, uh, that it was a recently deceased mountaineer or skier. That would be a fairly... Sure. Yeah, that's the thing that I would go. That's where my brain would go. Well, yeah, I would assume that in the last 5,000 years, someone would have come across this Uh, if it was that old. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, what's that over there? I wonder if it's a (laughs) 5,000-year-old Iceman. It could either be someone who got lost skiing or it could be a 5,000-year-old Iceman. We're not sure. Yeah, call a make Better call an ambulance just in case. Just in case. Uh, So little did they know that they had made a a historic discovery when they encountered this body. Uh, Over the next couple of days, there were several attempts to extract the body uh, that were unsuccessful due to uh, poor we- uh, conditions and poor weather. Which is probably what got him into that mess in the first I, place. I would say so. Uh, and the body was extracted finally on the 22nd of September and then it was salvaged the following day. I don't know what went into <laughs> salvaging it. I don't know whether it just meant like they de- preparing it for him. transportation maybe. Yeah. Is defrosted a word we like to use when we're talking about human bodies? Probably I believe not. that they have consistently kept him frozen since they found him. Why would they defrost him? Yeah. Uh, In fact, even where he is on display at the moment, he's kept in a a frozen state. It's like when your mum calls you and says, have you taken that chicken out of the freezer? (laughs) No. Have you taken that 5,000-year-old mummy out of the freezer? No. Uh, Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's in the sink right now. Just running him under some water. (laughs) Just running him under some hot water to speed up the process. It was transported from from the, the, the extraction site. It was transported to the office of a medical examiner in Innsbruck together with the objects that were found nearby. Okay. So these, these historically Artifact. significant artifacts. artifacts that's yep. right. And it was here that it was determined that Otzi was over 5,000 years old. Wow. Yeah. So really like significant culturally oh, yeah. and historically the significant must have discovery. Been pissing their pants. They were like, fucking hey. Well, I mean, we'll get into some of the um some of the things that happened during the extraction. Uh, but from what I read, you know, 5,000-year-old mummy or 5,000-year-old man entombed in ice. Maybe they could have been a little bit more careful. And yeah. and when we get to this point, you might be like, oh, that's 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Why am I unsurprised to learn that people really fucked this up? <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the origin of the curse. Talk to me about it. You know yeah. I love that. He, she's here for the <laughs> origin. She's here for the origin. Uh, so it, it is debated. However, Otzi is believed to have been murdered uh, due to the discovery of an arrowhead that was embedded in his left shoulder and various other wounds. Well, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, actually, they... Uh, I read that recently new studies and new uh, findings have found that potentially the arrow just immobilized him and then he, then he was bludgeoned over the head. So either way, Otzi, he met foul play. Yes, yes, he did, yeah. Uh, and he, he bled out uh, and uh, because of the cold conditions, his body was immediately frozen. Okay. Many believe that the curse stems from the Iceman seeking revenge for his murder. The Iceman's revenge! The Iceman cometh. Uh, there is an alternate theory, which comes from an anthropologist whose name is Jürgen Petzl, who, when asked about the Iceman curse, said that ancient tribes would often place curses over the dead to haunt those who disturb the dead and fail to respect their right to peace. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So that, yeah, okay, so it was... Something cultural from the time. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to start talking about the victims. As I said, there were seven. There have been seven mysterious deaths that have happened with people surrounded or involved in the the extraction and study of Otzi. Yeah. And we're actually going to talk about all of them because they're all really quite interesting. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so the first victim of the curse was a man named uh, Rainer Hen. And mm-hmm. if my pronunciation is, is terrible, I apologize. I've never taken German. Uh, Rainer was the head of the forensic team. Uh, that was examining Otzi, and he was one of the first people to make close contact with the Iceman. He picked up the cadaver with his bare hands and put it in a body bag. That's the way to do it. So this is what I was saying before when when I said maybe they could have been a little bit more careful. Let's not touch the mummy with bare hands. Glove up, Rainer. Yeah. yeah. If it's not on, it's not on. (laughs) We all know that. I assume he was wearing gloves, but the the article that I, I pulled this quote from was very... Quick to point out, the words bare hands featured very prominently in this article. To be so. fair, if I, if I, if someone said, Oi, extract that 5,000 year old mummy, I would probably be standing there scratching my head for a long time. Yep. Like, how do you even begin? Where do you go? Where, Where do, do you start? You just jump in with bare hands. <laughs> so in 1992, almost exactly a year later, Rainer was traveling to a convention where he plans to talk about Otzi. He was giving, he was on his way to deliver a keynote or a, a presentation about the discovery. And his presentation was just holding up his hands and saying, these ones, these are the hands that I use. If the glove don't fit, <laughs> you must, you quit. must have quit. Tragically, he got into a deadly motor vehicle accident on the way to the convention Ooh, and he unlucky. never reached his destination. <laughs> That's a fancy way of saying he died. He died. <laughs> he dead. Yes, he did. He's joined the ice man. Yeah. So he, Rainer was the, the first victim of the curse, but he was most definitely not the last. Okay. So not long after the death of Rainerhem, the curse claimed its next victim, who was a man by the name of Kurt Fritz. So Fritz was an experienced mountaineer, and he was the man credited with leading the expedition to find the Iceman after its initial discovery by the German tourist couple. So the German tourist couple found Otzi, went and alerted, I assume, the authorities... 
Who do you um, even call? I, I don't know. Who do you even call in, in that situation? I, I really don't know. Probably just local police and then they have to figure out what to do with it, right? Yep. I don't know if you ever dealt with the police, but uh, again, I imagine there was a lot of head scratching going on that day. More than likely. Do we have a 5,000-year-old mummy's department? No. <laughs> he was also the man that was responsible for organising the transportation of the body to Innsbruck, which mm-hmm. is where the forensic investigation was carried out. Yep. So in 1993, he was leading a different expedition and an avalanche ended up claiming his life. Okay. I can see how that could happen if you're a mountaineer, but tragic nonetheless. It should be noted that of the party, he was the only member of the expedition group who was hit by the avalanche. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that might change a few things, but yep. Uh, And... Given that he was such an experienced mountaineer, the fact that he died from this was, it came as a bit of a surprise. Okay. Yeah. It was seen as a surprise. So that's two down. Mm, And all within like two years as well. That's pretty quick. Yeah. 92, 93. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, The third victim of the curse was a man named uh, Rainer Hotzel. Rainer 2.0. Rainer 2.0. Yeah. Uh, So... Hootsall, I couldn't find out the exact date that this happened. Mm-hmm. Not not much is online about him, which is interesting because he was a renowned Austrian journalist. I could find nothing about this man apart from references to the curse of the Iceman and, and the way he died. I find that quite suspicious. So do I. Yeah, mm. so I don't know what to think about that. But according to the, the articles that I found... He was a renowned Austrian journalist who was the only person who was allowed to film the retrieval of the body. And he had filmed an exclusive documentary of the mummy's removal from the ice. I found the documentary. It's an hour long. You can find it online. And it was broadcast internationally. Right. But I couldn't find the date that it was broadcast. That's weird. It is really, really weird. So is it made up? Is it a cover-up? Who knows? A few months after it was broadcast, he developed a mysterious illness, which is speculated to have been a brain tumour, and perished in extreme pain shortly thereafter. Oh, I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know if it was a brain tumour. Yeah. There's lots of suspicious circumstances around that. Yeah, the the thing that struck me about that is he's the one that's that's viewing it through a camera. Mm. Those images are going from the camera to his brain. his brain. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, it might be worth doing a Wayback Machine. You know the Wayback Machine where you can go and have a look and see if there's been anything deleted from the internet? I would love for one of our listeners to to be like our forensic investigator <laughs> and go back and, and like fact check our fact checking. That'd be great. We'll, I'd love that. We'll give you a producer credit, but don't fact check us too much. And be, and be kind. Yeah. <laughs> Always be kind. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was that was quite interesting. Yeah. You know, there's that, something about that that's very sus to me. Yeah. If you're a journalist... I'm not saying that you're going to be a famous person, but mm. surely you leave a trail somewhere. Yeah. That being said, though, this literally was, a paper trail. Yeah, this was the '90s. It was before any kind of online journalism was happening. There are often archives of, of yeah, articles, of, though. There should be digital archives of papers and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and I couldn't find anything. So strange. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. There's only one answer. We have to go to Austria. We have to go to the ground. And find out. And we're opening a GoFundMe. So uh, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to get answers, if you're as curious as we are, link in the link in the show notes. There's no there's link no in the show there's notes. no link in the show there are notes. no show notes. 
the next victim of the curse was Helmut Simon. Now, that name might sound familiar yeah, to you. Yeah, he was one of the people that found the... I was going to ask about this couple. Yeah. Glad I didn't. So, uh, he was one of the two people who originally discovered Otzi's body. This is wild. In October of 2004, he disappeared in the Alps. So Why he, would you go back? Don't know. He decided to go back uh, and it was a solo. He decided to do a solo trip trip as well. That is literally insane to mm. me. Like, why do people do these insane things on their own? Like, who, who are you trying to impress? So one of our favorite shows uh, that we like to watch when we're just, you know, be honest, hungover. Hungover. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I know what you're about to cure. say. Yeah, what's it called? I shouldn't have survived. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be alive. I shouldn't be alive. Oh, it's on Amazon. So great. It's it's the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like reenactments of people's like survival situations, oh. and every single time it's like he ventured into the Amazon with three hours worth of food and water for a three hundred kilometer round trip, and then everything and that imme- can go wrong does go wrong. And immediately went off the trail with no knife to cut down the vines, which <laughs> soon grew around him. At, yeah, it just goes on and on. It's fucking wild. It really is. It really is. highly recommend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if you're looking for something to do after this episode, highly recommend watching the episode about the trash man. Oh, it's the very first one. It is the very first one. And it's the best one. The best one. It's yeah. It actually peaks at episode one. No, no spoilers, but just watch it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, talking, going back to talking about our good friend helmet. Uh, as I said, he went on a solo trek back into the Alps and he disappeared due to the snowy conditions. It took the searchers eight days to discover his body. So he died. At least it wasn't 5,000 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slight improvement. Well, if I, if I know anything, I'm here for I'm here for the long haul. Here for at least five millennia. Uh, and I'm, I'm here and my back hurts. Because he's stuck with his sore back for 5,000 years. Words to live by. I'm here and my back hurts. <laughs> uh, it was discovered that Simon had fallen more than 300 feet to his death. Yikes. This is the part that's crazy. Guess where his body was found? Where? In the exact same location that Otzi was originally nah. found, frozen and encased in ice. Get wrecked. No, absolutely. No, nah, nah, won't get wrecked. <laughs> will not, absolutely. absolutely will not get wrecked. So that's uh, that's victim number four. Oh, three more to go. Three more to go. Uh, so our fifth casualty was a man who actually never had any contact with, with Otzi. Well, what did he do then? He this was the re- head. This of- is reeking of postman. Okay, well, uh, he was the head of the mountain rescue team that searched for Helmet Simon. Aww. So he found the new Iceman. So he got it by proxy. It, it's quite possibly, yeah. So his name was uh, Dieter Wonek, and he died of a heart attack. I don't know. That's a bit of a bit of a stretch to include him in the death count. Hang on, you're about to reveal something I can see in your face. Well, firstly, according to his family, he was in perfect health and he was a mountaineer. He was like a, I mean, you have to be like a fit sure. person. That doesn't necessarily exclude you exclude from, you from a, heart a heart attack. attack. Sure. Yeah. What makes it really strange is he died mere hours after Helmet Simon's funeral. Maybe it was just the stress of it all. Maybe. <laughs> I can't lose one more person to the eyes. <laughs> Maybe. So, a, a tenuous link, yeah. but he is listed, if you look at any article or or news story about the curse, he is listed as the, the fifth victim of, of Otzi's curse. I don't know if I'm buying that one, but okay. okay. I mean, s- sad. Yep. S- apologies to the family, but... S- yeah. 
Yeah. I'm skeptical. Not so sure. I mean, and that's, that's we're here to weigh the facts yeah. and the fiction, right? And yeah. separate I was, the... I was really with you. I was oh, really was... with you until that victim, but please go on. Oh, I might be able to get you back with the sixth and seventh oh. victims. Let's see. Big, big finish. Go yeah. on. So the sixth person to perish at the hands of the curse was a man named Conrad Spindler. He was the man who first inspected Otzi's remains when he was recovered from the ice. Yeah. So uh, direct contact. Direct contact. Yes. Yeah. He suffered from a pre-existing chronic condition known as amyotrophic <laughs> lateral sclerosis. Okay. Yeah. Which is? It's a form of MS. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was about to say dumb it down a shade, Doc, but that sure. felt mean so- after you said that. <laughs> And it was in 2005 that uh, complications with the condition arose, which claimed his life. You might think, well, that's that's something that... that that's pre-existing. And a very serious pre-existing condition yeah. as well, which does come with complications that can result in death. If insurance wouldn't cover you, then I'm not sure I can include you in the curse. Right before his death. <laughs> Every time. You're doing this on purpose. I am. Uh, Spindler was quoted as, as saying, I think the curse is a load of rubbish. It's all a media hype. The next thing you'll be saying is that I will be next. Shortly thereafter, complications arose from his MS and he died. The narrator. He was next. <laughs> and what have we what have we learned from all of the curses? Never tempt a Never curse. Never tempt a curse. If you believe it or you don't, my number one recommendation as a semi-curse researcher professional, never tempt a curse because that curse will fucking come for you. That's like curse survival tip number four or five for this episode. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> so the final victim of the curse was Dr. Tom Loy, uh, who won international recognition for his work with Otzi. Mm. He carried out DNA analysis on Otzi. Uh, and he pieced together the story of his death. Uh, and he was the one that debunked the theory that he had died alone thanks to trace elements of other people's blood found on his clothes. Mm. So he made some very significant discoveries, discoveries yeah. when it came to Otzi. Um, as I said, the discovery was groundbreaking. And Loy was on the cusp of finishing a book about it when he was found dead in his Brisbane home at the age of 63. Oh, he was Australian. He was, I don't know if he was Australian, well, he but he was in living Australia. in Australia. Okay. Yeah, so he was living in, in what Brisbane. What did he die from? You're about to tell me because you've got that smug smile. So the cause of Loy's death is contested. Okay. I found a, a few different stories. One story is that he died due to an accident in his home. Age 63, falls, all those sorts of things. Start to happen, maybe that's maybe that's the you case. You get to a certain age and you no longer fall over, you have a fall. You have a fall, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Another states that Loy ultimately died due to a hereditary blood disease. One that wasn't diagnosed until after Loy began studying Otzi's remains. Mm. If that is actually the case, quite ironic that With he the, would die yeah, of a blood disease. the blood connection because he found the traces of mm. the blood. It all circles back. The last article I read said that uh, an autopsy was conducted and it was inconclusive. Oh, well, that's just to get out of jail. <laughs> Isn't I it? hate it when they're like, oh, it's 50% chance of rain. Well, fucking hell, I could have done that. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Meteorologist. I just wake up every day going, it's a 50% chance <laughs> of rain. It's either going to rain or it's not. <laughs> and the odds are... It's an each way bet at odds this point. May the odds be never in your favour. Yeah, living in Sydney. So that's the the curse of 
Otzi or the Curse of the Iceman or the mm. Ice Mummy's Curse. It goes by a few different names. And that's a retelling of all seven mm. victims of the curse. So I do have a few counterpoints. Some of them we've already kind of yeah, spoken about. Which we tend to do. Yeah, but at this point in the story, how are you feeling? What do you what do you just general thoughts? We don't wanna we don't wanna do the big reveal now, but but what uh, are you thinking? General thoughts, general thoughts. I think there's some things that can be easily explained away. Mm-hmm. But there's some I find very intriguing. Sure. Great. That's my general general overview. That's that is a bit of an inconclusive answer, isn't it? If it I'm is. being honest, it's a bit of a fifty percent. I was going to say. I was going to say. Is your is your uh, day job being a meteorologist? It is. Yeah. It look, is. I, I can't say for sure, but pretty, but, yeah, you know, it might 50- rain. It might not. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get into the counterpoints in a minute. We'll just take a quick break, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll be be back with some counterpoints and Amy's final deliberation. Okay, we're back. We are. Amy's just, I I was just complaining about the heat in our little recording studio slash rooftop. And Amy said, what did you say? I said, things could be worse. You could be under the ice. I'd rather be very hot than very cold. So, And I think that you're using the term recording studio very graciously. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're in a roof cavity. (laughs) Stop calling it a roof cavity. It is. I guess it is. Sure. But it's, it, it looks and right now feels more like a sauna than a roof cavity. Yeah. Are you ready for some counterpoints? Hit me. All right. So uh, the first one is, in reality, uh, hundreds of people were actually involved in the recovery and the subsequent examination uh, and research on, on Otzi's body. Yeah. Uh, and there are still people to this day that are involved in the study of the artifacts and all of those sorts of things. Uh, and it is, it's just a fact that seven people out of that is... It's a, st- a statistically insignificant number, mm. you know. It's like a percentage, mm. like not, you know. I don't know the exact number, but it it, it doesn't register as something that's statistically significant. It's not fifty percent. It's definitely not fifty. It's not a fifty percent chance of death. <laughs> it may be cursed. Chance. It may not be. Fifty yeah. percent chance of rain. Fifty percent chance of death. The other thing that's really important, and I've said it a couple of times, Aussie's actually on display. You can mm. literally go and see it, and yeah. thousands of people, I assume, go and see it every year. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what are the if, if there was a real curse for anyone who comes into contact with it and anyone who, anthropologists said at the start, anyone who refuses, well, I can't remember the exact words I used, like doesn't, denies the, the body like it's restful, it's restful peace or whatever yeah. it is. Like that's literally every tourist going in. There's probably kids going in, banging on the on the glass and doing things that dumb kids do. Nazis are like, yeah. you're next kid. <laughs> you're next. Uh, but that, that's just the case, right? There are literally thousands of people who come, in, come into close contact with Otzi every single year. Mm. And as far as we know, none of them have died in mysterious ways. You already sort of jumped on this and, and said, and I don't know about that one, but I, I will remind you that, that Dita uh, Wanek uh, was never involved in the Iceman recovery. He was mm-hmm. only involved in the recovery of of uh, Helmet Simon, and that's really the only reason he's included in this story is because of his, his mm. connection, and it is a tenuous connection. Mm. And I think the, the, the last important point to remind you on is that Conrad Spindler who had the, the that pre-existing condition. Yeah. That he had a pre-existing condition, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's a pre-existing condition that that often comes with complications and, mm. and, and those complications can result in death. So uh, that's the story of the Iceman and some counterpoints or some evidence that maybe prove that it's not a curse. So I am going to 
hand it over to you, Amy. What do you think? Is Otzi really cursed or is this all just a, con- a coincidence? <laughs> Almost forgot the name of our I podcast. I nearly forgot the name of our podcast. Uh, the more we do this, the less and less qualified I feel to do this part. Like it all seems like fun and games when we're like, oh, this would be a fun concept for a podcast. And now I feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm not in a court of law. Like, no one can throw this back in my face. <laughs> and also, like, it's not like, you know, um, news of the world tomorrow is going to yeah. be like, breaking news. Yeah, Amy says that this is a curse. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I'm thinking. I hear you on the statistics. I think that seven out of X amount of hundreds and thousands potentially is an insignificant number. Mm-hmm. However, there are thousands of people that do plenty of stuff where we haven't noticed patterns or connections, maybe because we're not looking for them, sure. but maybe because they don't do, don't exist. Mm. I always, when there's always a disturbance of of something, something, a person, an artifact, or something around which there's some kind of cultural significance, mm. I always do tend to go well. You can use statistics to prove anything that's even remotely true and sure. sort of go, well, you could, yeah, you can use science to disprove anything, right? You can, but you can also use confirmation bias to believe in anything as yeah. well. So that, I guess that's the, that's what we weigh, right? Yeah. Is, you know, the evidence versus the confirmation bias. I, and I think what's probably also important to remember is that we grew up on movies and TV shows about like mummy's curses and stuff mm. like that. So that's that's just something to keep in mind. Not trying to influence you in any way. Ultimately yeah. it's your decision. I in these cases where it's like I said, where it's disturbing something, mm. I I really start to think, well, that's out of a realm of of I'm not even gonna speculate. <laughs> even though that's the entire that's idea literally of the your podcast. job. <laughs> but what I mean is it's like there are things outside of our human understanding Mm. right there are things that i I read a great quote the other day where it said science can prove anything but it can't prove why okay so like that's that's not the exact quote and that might not actually make more Mm. rational sense but it's like so science can prove that wind exists or Mm. but you can't science can't make you see it okay right that's kind of what i'm getting at so it's like yeah there's Science, we, we know we live in a scientific world. We mm. live in a, in a modern age of scientific advancement. We live in a world of facts. <laughs> yeah. We live in a world of facts. Absolutely. At but least it most would be, of the time. <laughs> it would be very arrogant of us to assume that we know everything. Sure. It would absolutely. be very arrogant to assume that our... Because every modern... Every society throughout history has assumed that they have the answers and that, you know... Some people believe the world is blue because <laughs> we live in the eye of a big blue giant. Some people... I mean, people... Socrates would have told you too was blue in the face that like you thought from your heart and that your liver was the the emotional center sure. of your body and do you know what I mean like mm. intelligent people through history have held all kinds of belief that have later been disproven very true when it comes to this I don't mess with this shit <laughs> I don't mess with this death stuff with this removal of sacred things with mm. the disturbing of disturbing of people's final resting places yep. there is a reason that and in all seriousness there is a reason that Every culture throughout history treats death with a lot of reverence. Desecration and, and, of a yeah. grave, even today, is it's just a, it's just not done. Like you wouldn't go and disturb somebody's grave, yeah. right? Like you just wouldn't do it. Mm. Um, and there is, we might not quite understand where those 
like I'm sure, I'm sure an anthropologist would be able to explain to us the mm. evolution of cultural belief around death and and disturb and the afterlife and disturbing people mm. in their final resting places. And I'm sure now we just see it, it like in our modern age where you know we probably don't have the same religious beliefs and there's a lot of diversity around what we believe. So there's not a monocultural belief around what happens to you when you die. But I think that all of us can agree that desecration of, of graves is, is not, it's not on. Well, it's illegal in most countries. It's illegal, but. And it's also, there's a moral. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like it's a, it's not really something we can explain, but we all just know that it's not right. Intrinsically know that we shouldn't. Exactly. And is that because, for millennia, it's being culturally passed down that there is some kind of, you know, curse or supernatural interference and, and, and interfering with the dead brings upon yeah. misfortune. Well, to, to come back to science for, for a second. <laughs> if we may come back to the grounding of may, reality. But, I mean, it, it does kind of, you know, speak to what you're saying a little bit. There's more and more research that's coming out to say that a, a lot of our a lot of our memory is it's embedded within our DNA. Exactly. This is what I'm kind of getting at, mm. right? So it's like do we we all have this we all have this agreement regardless of culture, regardless of religious belief that we don't fuck with the dead. Yeah. And is there maybe a reason why that we've just has been lost over over time or right. maybe explained by something. I mean, it's not really even scientifically explained. Mm. There's no scientific reason why I shouldn't go and dig up a dead body. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, it might be dangerous or unhealthy if it's you're exposed to. Yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? I'm rambling now. No, I absolutely do. But I think it's more of a cultural and anthropological thing. Mm. And it's very likely rooted in things like this an understanding that desecration and. You fuck with the dead, they fuck back. A hundred percent. Let's just distill it down to (laughs) that. You fuck with the dead, they fuck back. And I think for all of those reasons, as far as my tiny human brain can understand and knowing that I don't know even. 0.001% of human history and Mm. understand all of the things that have been passed down. I think this is a curse. You think this is a curse? I think this is a curse. I wasn't sure which way you were going to go with this one because, you know, sort of halfway, I think I had you on the hook for the first part of the story Mm. and then we sort of lost you in the middle and then we, we, you know, we we brought it back in the end. Like I said, you know, like I fully, fully, I know people who have experienced that, um, that Alice Spring, like the Uluru, yeah. like st- I, I, that stuff happens. Yeah, whether or not it's confirmation bias or what, mm. I honestly believe that there's some legitimacy in it. Well, you are the believer. We call you. The I believer am the believer, for a and I've come back to my believer roots because I got very skeptical for a couple of episodes there. You but, did, yeah. But I think hangover when, probably didn't help. It didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit down on life, to be honest. Ah, everything sucks, and, not, and everything's a coincidence, and I don't believe in magic anymore. Oh, uh, but yeah, I just think that w- yeah. When it comes to disturbing people in their final resting places, Mm. you're just asking for a whole bunch of misery. And I think, let's be real, the fact that that dude died in the exact same spot, that's fucking wild. right? You want to talk about statistics? What are the chances? (laughs) I want a a statistician to tell me what the fucking chances are of that. Yeah, no, I think that's maybe the most compelling part of the whole story. And he fell 300 feet to get there. That's it. It wasn't like he He didn't walk to the spot and just sit down and perish and let himself go to the elements. Like, I want to die like the Iceman. He fucking... Fucking fell there. What's interesting is that 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 would have been more more easily explained because you know it wasn't pertinent to the story, so I left it out. But apparently, he, he, uh, Helmet Simon became quite bitter in his last few years because he 
believed he didn't get the, the recognition, recognition <laughs> that he should have gotten from the initial discovery. And then the curse is like, you want some recognition, buddy? Yeah. Well, now but, you'll be infamous. And look, I don't think all of the deaths are linked to mm. it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the... the the guy who rescued or him, res- rescued, yeah, who <laughs> recovered, yeah, recovered. Helmet, probably a better like word, that's yeah. a bit of a stretch, and I'm not yeah. saying that because then you can just expand out forever, right? Sure. But I think that there's got to be something in it. There's, there's, in there's it. enough in it mm. that I probably can't even articulate, and I think I've proven that over the last ten minutes. Yep. Um, there's enough in it for me to err on the side of caution to not disturb. I know what it's like to disturb mm. a cranky, sleepy man, and I don't. <laughs> I don't want the wrath of Otzi upon me. Well, Amy, I was going to say that uh, hopefully now when I'm uh, when I'm having my little sleepy boy time, uh, you'll think twice before disturbing the what looks to be the dead. <laughs> and maybe you'll think twice before you go on a hike with me and I push you 300 feet <laughs> to your final resting place. Uh, I'm really glad we have that on tape. Yeah, yeah. For legal uh, reasons, that yeah. was a joke. Uh, that'll do us for for this week. You can follow us on uh, Instagram at that cursed pod, all one word. We are starting to see some some new faces on Instagram, yeah. so thank you if you've joined welcome. recently and welcome. Uh, and we've also recently started a TikTok. Yeah. Amy, do you want to tell us about the TikTok? What can what is there to tell you? We have a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I just cross post. Uh, little clips and sound bites and stuff from upcoming episodes. I try to do like a teaser and then a longer form of uh, the current episode once we release it. Yeah. So if you want a preview about what's coming up uh, in in future episodes, uh, it's a great place. Yeah. To, follow us to on our socials. Um, yeah. Just wanted to try and make it more accessible to people, regardless of what platforms they use and sure. where they like to spend their time on the internet. I think the term is platform agnostic. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> um, well, while you're uh, while you're getting social and being online, don't forget to leave us a review on either Spotify podcast. Or sorry, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty much it. I will say that this will be our last episode for 2022. Yes, it will. We're taking a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. We've only been in, in the podcasting game for a few weeks now, but uh, we've been at life for a full 12 months, <laughs> and we need a break. So yeah. uh, we'll see you in 2023. And thank you so much for listening. We've yeah. had an absolute blast. Uh, going down this journey and and learning all about podcasting and and hopefully uh, getting better every every week mm. and 2023 I think is going to be a, a a great year a year of hopefully just learning about other curses yeah. I don't want to say 2023 will be cursed <laughs> hopefully it'll be great <laughs> but we'll learn a lot of, about a lot of curses in 2023 yeah we've um yeah like Nathan said it's been really fun it's something like actually starting this was kind of it was kind of one of those things where it was a bit of a whim but really it was something that we'd spoken about for a long time just not sure how to actually make it happen and then we realized all you have to do is plug in a microphone and any chucklehead can upload a podcast to the internet so that's what we're doing yeah but um thank you very much if you are listening to this stick with us i really think that like we're still learning the ropes we're still getting things right we're not perfect at this but i think that we are getting there and we've got some plans for 2023 to make this a far more enjoyable experience for you as the listener. We always have fun, yep. but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that translates, but um, yeah, just, you know, if you enjoy the, if you enjoy any of the episodes, please share them. Um, you know, let someone know if you think they might find something interesting and that all helps us to 
reach new audience members. Yeah, and keep doing what we're doing. And and uh, again, you know, if there is a curse that you'd like us to to cover, you can message us. You can yep. send us a DM, uh, and uh, we yeah. will certainly look into that for you. And uh, so until twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna say it. I don't want to say it because I wanna. I wanna end the year on a positive note. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I just want to say, have a safe and happy new year, and we will see you in twenty twenty three. All the best, guys. 